So here I am in an undisclosed location here in the state of Florida, leaving today, been here all week. Um, just uh, wanted to make sure that I did this when we were leaving because I'm a little scared to do it, but uh, I'm gonna try it anyway. Hope I don't get arrested before we leave. Gay, there I said it, gay. I said gay in Florida and uh, hopefully I get out of here before, before they arrest me. Freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. Benjamin Franklin You're now listening to Carolina Conservative. Thank you for tuning in to Carolina Conservative, formerly known as the Matt Gore Podcast, where we will explore the current political environment in America with a focus on North Carolina. Now, let's get to the show. COVIDiocracy isn't over. It feels like it's over, and I think they want you to feel that way for several reasons. The media has moved on for now to war in Ukraine and the slap heard around the world. Dr. Fauci is pretty much MIA. CNN took the death ticker down. But the threat of COVID tyranny and stupidity remains. Also, FYI, more people died in the first week of March 2022 from COVID then died the first week of March 2021 of COVID. Again, the media and most politicians want you to believe that this is over. We can all rest easy. Please don't look behind the curtain. All along, one of the safest places you could possibly be to not catch COVID is a commercial airline. It always has been, but we had a theatrical mask mandate anyway. That mandate was set to end last month. It should have been lifted months ago. It should have never been instituted in the first place. Well, the TSA extended it for at least another month. There is no science to support this. It's pure COVID theater. It is about control. Now, luckily, all of the major airlines are now finally suing the Biden administration, the TSA, for instituting this mandate. Problem is, they should have done that two years ago. Mitt Romney, great Republican, also voted last month with the Democrats to keep masking innocent children that have the disadvantage of being part of the federally funded Head Start program. Now, children have always been by far the least affected population when it comes to COVID. By far. This is absolute child abuse. It's, it is elitism. It's classism. It's about control. The Navy also claimed last month that one of its biggest destroyers cannot be deployed because its commanding officer refuses to get vaccinated. I'm sorry, what? How are we still doing this? How weak does that make the U.S. military look to the world? Not our fighting men, but our bureaucrat swamp rat military leaders. 
how are we still requiring an ineffective at best and deadly at worst quote-unquote vaccine? Am I really to believe that if the U.S. was to enter a war tomorrow and we needed that destroyer, we wouldn't be able to deploy it because someone didn't get jabbed? If that's true, then God help us. We're worse off than I thought. Also, God bless that commanding officer for standing strong. And I'm sure the majority of the sailors he commands appreciate and support his stand. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, the piece de resistance would be the NBA. Kyrie Irving plays for the Brooklyn Nets. Well, we all know that when it comes to COVIDiocracy, New York is not to be outdone. Kyrie Irving is not vaccinated. Shame, shame. Well, it makes perfect sense that he is allowed to play in road games, say in Milwaukee or Texas or Florida or wherever, but not home games in New York City. It also makes sense that unvaccinated players from other teams are allowed to play in New York City because science. And to continue the common sense trend, Kyrie was then allowed to attend home games unmasked in Brooklyn because New York had lifted their indoor and vax mandates for the public. However, their vax mandate for private sector and for persons performing work in person remained in place. still remains in place. But since then, Mayor Eric Adams has instituted a loophole for basically elites, athletes, celebrities, performers, whatnot, that they can perform while unvaccinated, but you can't go sit at your job in a cubicle because you're unvaccinated. You either get fired. A fireman or a police officer can't do their job unvaccinated. A paramedic, a nurse, a doctor can't do their job unvaccinated, but a basketball player can. Let that sink in. These are all tests, tests of how stupid we are. Well, how dumb are we? Because this isn't over. It has become more clear that these rules are for thee and not for me. Did you watch the State of the Union or the Super Bowl or God help you the Oscars? And don't think Pfizer and Moderna have given up on you yet either. They've approved a fourth booster. A fourth booster in a year. A vaccine that needs not one, not two, not three, but now four doses. And since it got approved... All you idiots that already had three, you're going to line up to get that fourth one, aren't you? So why wouldn't they approve it? Money, money, money. There's too much money to be made. Also, also in, in completely unrelated news, heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, and whatnot are all on the rise. Madison Cawthorn is apparently a sex fiend and a communist. Yeah, it's true. I saw it on Facebook. Cawthorn has dared to speak out about the truth about Ukrainian corruption as well as corruption in the United States. That means he is a pro-Putin commie, obviously. Come on, man. Two things can be true at once. Putin can be an evil dictator who is committing more crimes in Ukraine as we speak. And at the same time, Ukraine can be a completely corrupt country. I totally support Ukraine in its fight against Russia, but the U.S. has no business policing the world. I have no desire to enter World War III. I'm afraid we may be on the short path to war, but I do not support that. Sanction Russia, stop buying their oil, please, but do not cross the line into going into war. If we establish no-fly zone as Ukraine is asking for, it will be unavoidable. 
honestly, sending money and arms to Ukraine could and probably should be seen as a form of aggression from Russia. Madison Cawthorn is not a commie. He is not pro-Putin. He is a patriot. He is America first. He apparently has a memory that goes back farther than the current news cycle. He is being attacked because he is dangerous. Dangerous to the swamp, including Republicans. Dangerous to the establishment. I'm not his biggest fan, but I do like him. If you claim he is pro-Putin, if he is a communist, you are either lying, ignorant, or brainwashed. Be a critical thinker and stop buying into the media narrative, political enemy lies, or social media BS. Does anyone within the sound of my voice remember Hunter Biden, Burisma, Ukraine, Joe Biden, Ukraine, Trump's perfect phone call, Ukraine, impeachment, Ukraine, Alexander Vindman, Ukraine? Anyone, anyone remember any of this? Like I said before, I, d I don't know what's going on in Ukraine and why it's happening, but this is what I do know. You don't know either. And anyone who claims that they do, I don't trust them. This week as well, the North Carolina establishment GOP like Richard Burr and Tom Tillis and Tim Moore and Phil Berger all came out against Madison Cawthorn. They're all supporting his opponent in the primary. Well, that tells me a lot. When the Democrats and the Republican establishment align against someone, that tells me a lot. That tells me that person is probably doing a good job. They're exposing the swamp for who it is, for what it is, and the swamp doesn't like that. So, you know, as of right now, Trump is still backing Madison Cawthorn. You know, I have my problems with Trump, but this is one of those cases where Madison Cawthorn is a truth teller, in my opinion, and we need to keep supporting him. I had the pleasure to interview Bo Hines, who is running for Congress in North Carolina's 13th district, which covers Wake, Johnston, Wayne, and Harnett County. He is endorsed by President Donald Trump. Here's our conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Bo Hines is with me today. He is a North Carolina native. He played football for NC State University, where he led the team in receiving in his freshman year. Go Pack! Uh, he then transferred to Yale to finish his undergraduate degree and came back to Wake Forest for law school. He has been endorsed by President Donald J. Trump. And Bo, welcome to Carolina Conservative. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, there are several key issues on your website that I do want to cover. Um, one of the, the first things is, is gun rights. So um, gun rights have been attack, under attack in Washington for decades. Um, what needs to be done in Washington to protect our our God-given right to, to bear arms. Well, I mean, Matt, you're exactly right that our, our rights are under attack in Washington, D.C., but specifically as it pertains to the Second Amendment, and we have to go on offense with this issue. I mean, we can't stand back and just attempt to hold our, hold our ground any longer. I mean, we have to actively deregulate. We have to make sure that people can own any firearm that they want to. There should be no restriction on the Second Amendment whatsoever. I mean, the reality is that people are better stewards of their own weaponry than government is. And if you don't think that a tyrannical government can ever exist again, then we can watch what's happening in the world right now. And a conflict that we should certainly stay out of, but it's a great reality check for us as Americans to show it can happen when you don't have a, an armed militia uh, amongst your citizenry, 
right? So not only is the Second Amendment there for you to protect yourself and your family, it's there for you to defend against the tyrannical government. And it's absolutely imperative that we protect that right for American citizens. Yeah, I agree. If you look at, like you're talking about Ukraine and look at the last two years and the, um, the COVID tyranny that's gone on across the world, if that's, if that's not a good example of why we have the right to bear arms, then, then I, I don't know how to persuade you on that. Um, so recently, um, I was reading an article in the Carolina Journal, um, and I'll just read it to you. Um, it said that, that Hines could face a tough road in the 13th. Carolina Journal spoke to several well-respected Johnson County conservative leaders who told them that your youth and lack of connection to the district will be a real challenge for the Trump supported candidate. What do you say to that? How do you answer that question when you get that? Yeah, so let's let's dispel the notion that I don't have a connection to the district. I mean, like you said in the introduction, I'm a lifelong North Carolinian, born and raised in central North Carolina, went to Wake Forest Law School. I spent a year in Raleigh playing football in North Carolina State right there in Wake County. I mean, it, look, I'm, I have an absolute connection to this district. And I think this boils down to the fact that the establishment Republicans, not only at the national level, but also the local level, feel so threatened by young people. They feel so threatened by new voices. They feel threatened by fighters that are willing to step up and actually defend our conservative values. But that's what we need right now as a country, because we're losing so much ground to the left. And I've said, I say this on the campaign trail all the time. Politicians come around every single election cycle and they make us many promises. Many in our North Carolina delegation have as well, and they failed to live up to this. They have promised they're going to be fiscally responsible. They promised they're going to you know, secure our border. They promised that they're going to reinvest back into our communities. They, they promised that you know, they're going to protect our rights. They promise they're going to even win the culture war. And look at where we are as a country. We're $30 trillion in debt. Biological men are now winning national championships in female athletics. We have crumbling infrastructure. We have rampant illegal immigration. There's no end in sight for abortion. And we're watching our rights be stripped away before our eyes. So the question we have to ask ourselves is when does this stop? And for us here in North Carolina, at least in the 13th district, it's going to stop on May 17th when we elect a fighter to Congress. It's going to protect our rights, go on offense and take back ground from the left. Because, you know, scripture tells us that God spits lukewarm Christians out of his mouth. And it's high time the Republican Party started spitting lukewarm conservatives out of its mouth. I mean, this is where we are. We can no longer sit back and just watch the left, you know, just destroy our lives with death by a thousand cuts. I mean, we need active people in Washington, D.C. that are not there just to sit back, relax, and compromise with radical Marxist leftists. I completely agree with that. Um, it's high time we we start sending fighters to to your, whether you're talking about your school board, your your state legislature in Washington. It's high time to, to send people there. They're going to go there and stir the pot and fight for what they say they're going to fight for, true conservative values. Yeah, you know, Ilhan Omar, the squad, AOC, they are who they are. Yeah, I don't like them. I don't support them. But they're doing exactly what they said they were going to do. I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at my representatives that aren't doing anything. If you look at, um, it came out recently, the, um, the conservative review did their new updated liberty scores. There's only three representatives in North Carolina that even have a passing Liberty score. It's ridiculous. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And honestly, I'll, I'll point back to this fact. I mean, the reason that President Trump has endorsed us in this race is because one, he knows that we will be an active fighter in Washington, DC. And he also, I mean, he faced a lot of the same attacks from the establishment of the national level that we're facing here on the ground in North Carolina. I mean, they are so upset with the fact that they cannot pick do they want to be in this position because they know they can control them, right? I mean, I would tell the voters in North Carolina, don't trust the media. I mean, go go listen to these candidates, the people that are actually on the ground talking to you. And that's why we're taking our message directly to voters. I mean, 
we have a fantastic team that's out in the district every single day, as, as I am myself, but we're actually knocking on doors. We're talking directly to the people who are going to be voting for the representative of North Carolina. How many politicians do that? I don't think there's one other candidate in my race that has knocked on a door from the time that we've had district lines. And that, that just goes to show you how easily these people get to Washington and forget about their constituency. I mean, they live this comfortable, you know, very cushy lifestyle where they don't have to face the realities, the harsh realities that many Americans do now with the gas prices being you know, probably going to $5 a gallon, right? I mean, they're having their wallet ripped out of their pants pockets. I mean, they don't have to deal with the inflation. All their benefits are paid for when they're reps. No wonder they don't want to leave. They want to sit up there for decades at a time and enrich themselves in the back of their constituents. And we're done with that here in North Carolina. The next generation of conservatives are absolutely done with that. And that's why we need term limits in Congress as well. Yeah. So uh, what, what do those term limits look like? Yeah. So the national term limits pledge, which I've signed, it, I think it outlines that it's three terms in the House, six years, two terms in the Senate. Um, you know, I've signed that pledge. Yeah, I think that the, really the, the harsh reality is that we're going to have to get a lot of people on board to get this done. Now, I will 100% always vote for term limits, and we have to really just find this America first way, these, these newer candidates that are going to step up and actually do something with the establishment would be considered radical, which is vote themselves out of office. But I think until we actually place limits on these politicians, they're going to continue to, to use the system to benefit themselves, extract cash. And basically just, you know, enrich themselves in the back of their people, which is an absolute travesty and needs to be stopped. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to have a true citizen legislature if you've never you're never really a citizen. If you're in Washington for 40 years, you have no idea what's going on with real people in your district. No, not at all. Yeah. So you you mentioned um, don't trust the media. I want to touch on that. who who do you trust as far as either um, a media company or or someone who's doing quote unquote news? Who do you trust? Yeah, I mean there there are some some great news out, outlets out there. I mean I think that like OANN, Newsmax. I mean some of these we talk about the broader media that's actually on TV. I think that they present you know a lot a lot better product, a lot more fair and true product than a lot of these other media outlets do. I mean you can find great articles in Breitbart and places like that. But I mean, when it comes to just the media conglomerate as a whole, I mean, you have to consistently fact check them, right? I mean, it's like, I'll, we'll use the Carolina Journal hit piece on me the other day where it's like, oh, there's conservative leaders from Johnson County. Well, I mean, who? Who? Tell us who. I mean, is it you writing the article? Or are, you, <laughs> are you a self-proclaimed conservative leader? Um, I mean, this is, this is what you deal with. And I'll, I'll honestly, just to give people some insight as to the, kind of the BS that happens in these races. Well, they had the first debate for them. Uh, in Harnett County for the dis- District 13 this past weekend. And the same person that wrote the hit piece on me was supposed to moderate the forum, right? So you show up there and it's like, okay, well, you know, there's 20 people in the room, all of which are candidates and their family. And so as a campaign, we said, you know, like, we're going to go talk directly to voters. We knocked on 700 doors on Saturday. And it's, I mean, that's what a lot of these politicians aren't willing to do. They're not willing to put in the effort outside of going to these establishment functions where they're talking in an echo chamber. And they really lose sight of what the voters want. They, they lose sight of, of what the issues are. And they pat each other on the back and tell each other how great the party's doing. And it's not. We're losing ground. We are getting beat. And I can point to not only the Second Amendment, but I can point to abortion. I can point to free speech rights. I can point to the culture war. I mean, we are losing in almost every single category. And we're losing because we have a good old boys system in which they want to pick the, the next representative that they have in, in, their, in their state from a group of five people. And that just doesn't work. It doesn't work for voters and it definitely doesn't work in Washington, D.C. And I think North Carolinians recognize that.
Yeah. And one thing you mentioned, you know, instead of instead of going to this echo chamber, like you said, with 20 people and doing this debate, you you went out and actually talked to the people. I've seen other in people ding other candidates and other races that they were they were never involved in the Republican Party before this year. Like, well, good. Good. They were never yeah, involved exactly. with good. That, 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 100%. Oh <laughs> so, it's, it's um, better. It's better than having Republicans that are actively giving money to Democratic Senate candidates, which is what we have in our primary in North Carolina's 13th district. And it's like, for example, I have an opponent that I'm not going to even you know mention the name, but you know refers to, to themselves as an outsider when when their father was a state senator for 40 years in North Carolina from the same area and has actively given money to Democrats. And you're like, well, what 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 is this? What are we doing here? It's like there's so much grift on the America First movement. And I talked to the president about this, you know, a couple of months ago in Mar-a-Lago. We we're talking about what we need in, in Washington and what we we already discussed. And what we need is fighters. But what we have to get rid of, even more importantly, are those that are grifting off the America First movement. Like right. it's like, oh, some of our opponents are calling themselves old fashioned conservatives. It's like, no, that's not what we need. We've seen what old fashioned conservatism gets us. It gets our head kicked in. We need new fashioned, aggressive fighters that are going to be there that still protect our old fashioned principled values. Right. right. Um, so it's the same. There's a lot of the same principles there, but it's new messengers, it's new faces and it's new voices. Right. And our new style. I mean, being nice is great. And going up there, going along to get along is is it's not getting us what we need. Um, so it, it's time to put our, put our foot down and and finally, you know, start playing offense instead of defense. Um, yeah, 100%. So. Another thing I wanted to talk about is um, some more key issues that you had on your website, part of your platform, free speech. What needs to be done in Washington to protect our free speech? Also, as far as big tech goes, what is free speech? Yeah, well, it honestly boils down to looking at Section 230, which I'm sure a lot of people, it's a buzzword now that a lot of people talk about, but, um, you know, it needs to be reformed. It's way too overly broad. Yeah, I'm actually of, of the mindset that big tech needs to be broken up because they have become an arm of the government. And I understand the free market activists that you know want to protect free markets and capitalism. I, I do as well. I mean, it's the best way to grow an economy that we have in the history of the world. With that being said, when your corporations start acting like a regulating wing of the executive branch of government, you have a big problem with that. And we have broken up monopolies in the past in our country. I think we did it with telecom, we did it with railroads. I mean, we have to make sure that Americans have the right to speak openly and honestly in every capacity. And whether you like it or not, tech is now the new public square. Right. Yeah. You can voice your opinion on these different platforms. Luckily, we have the Truth Social Network, which is getting up and running now to combat all the absolutely ridiculous regulations on Twitter. But I mean, what happens when you're trying to create a corporation to compete with one of these conglomerates and they take you off the servers? Mm-hmm. Right. What happens when Google kicks you off those? It, it, it's becoming so entrenched now that we have to go beyond just creating new platforms. I mean, look at what happened to I think it was Parler was the Parler. first the first group that tried to do this and they, they booted them off the app store. So mm-hmm. all these companies are working together to silence Americans. We can't allow that to happen. Yeah, I mean, we'll what see they... what happens with the truth, but I mean, it's, it's horrible. I mean, people should be able to say whatever they want when they want so long as they're not you know, directly threatening another human being. Right. right, so, right. There's a lot of um, terrible, terrible free speech, but it's, it's protected by the first amendment. I mean, there is a lot of, vile stuff that you can say on on whatever platform you want to but it it is free speech and i understand you know 
Facebook either decide, are you a publisher or are you a platform? You can't have it both ways. You can't have the legal protections of being a platform, but also edit what people can say. Um, exactly. hundred percent right. And I would say that, you know, threatening someone is not calling a biological man a man. That's just hundred percent factual, yeah. right? So facts are not threatening. And I think we need to make that very clear to those leftists out there when they talk about microaggressions. Well, you know, like I think it's Ben Shapiro that, that coined like the, the saying, you know, facts don't care about your feelings right. and no, no fact can be threatening. It's a fact. So, I mean, right. and it, as it, we speak, as we speak yesterday, the Babylon Bee was kicked off Twitter <laughs> yeah. for, for a joke about a man winning uh, man of the year, uh, a man who says he's a woman winning man of the year. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just... <sighs> It's it's silly. There there is no such thing as comedy anymore because uh, the microaggressions and the, uh, everybody's too sensitive to uh, take a joke. We um, claim you worked his balls off this year, so yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, another thing I wanted to get to was your experience in Washington that you've you've had previously um, or experience working with in politics. So you were, used to work for Senator Mike Browns from San Diego. Um, you used to, South, Dakota. South Dakota, excuse me, my, uh, my abbreviation got me, uh, from South Dakota and uh, Indiana Governor Eric Colvin, Holcomb. Um, and yep. you mentioned someone else as well. I worked in Congressman Pittenger's office as a low-level low yeah. intern. Right. Um, and honestly, I'll say that while I had great experience in those offices, you know, I'm disappointed by what some of those politicians have done there. Um, I mean, they're more moderate. I'm obviously not moderate as the media will love to tell you that I'm a, I'm a radical conservative. I, I take pride in being labeled that, um, you know, but what, what I realized when I was on Capitol Hill for the short time I was there is just, you know, how stagnant and complacent these politicians were. Like we talked about a little bit earlier, but I mean, they, they really just want to sit there and, and, you know, live the lifestyle and really not do much. I mean, until someone actually you know, puts a foot in their rear and tells them they need to act, they're not going to take, you know, their own initiative to actively defend our rights, to go on offense like we've talked about. And that's the problem that we have in our own party. That's the problem that we have even, you know, I dare say it, and with some of the members in our North Carolina delegation, right? They've been there too long. They've lost sight of what their constituents need. And, you know, it's, it's just a fact of the matter that we need new people that are actually, you know, going to say what is true. And people are so afraid to do that because there's this echo chamber on the left that attempts to bully you and silence you. I mean, trust me, they will send you some absurd things. They will send you some absolutely grotesque things, uh, but that's their right to do that. Right. I mean, but we're, the, the, the problem is we don't have the same right to do to counter that with just truth, which is what we need to have. And that goes back to the tech thing and stuff like that. But um, you know, I am very confident that in the 22 cycle, you know, our district, North Carolina's 13th district is going to show North Carolina and the rest of the country that we're done with lukewarm conservatism. And we're going to send people to Washington that are actually going to defend our conservative way of life here in North Carolina. So other key issues affecting District 13, what do you, what do you see as, as being the biggest need for District 13? We know there's an influx of population growth in 13. I mean, you see it in Harnett, you see it in Johnston, right? Obviously in Wake. But, you know, that's why I think that we need someone that, that can, you know, message to a broader base without sacrificing our conservative values. Because, I mean, we are having young people move into this area, whether we like it or not. And it, that becomes, you know, that much more important that we protect our conservative way of life. We pull these people onto our team, onto our side, show them what it means to live as a North Carolinian. 
And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a litany of issues I and mean, people are dealing with inflation. People, you know, are dealing with, you know, illegal immigration, even here in North Carolina, as Biden, this Biden's administration just puts these people on buses and planes and drops them off around the country. Like I loved what Governor DeSantis did in Florida. Um, he actually spent some taxpayer dollars, which I, I would pay for this, for buses to be basically round up illegal immigrants that were dropped off. And they sent them to Delaware and dropped them off in Biden's home state. So he's running this system where he's just taking legal immigrants from Florida and dropping them off in Delaware. Um, and that's that's an example of what it means to actually fight back and say, no, this is not going to happen in our state. I mean, DeSantis has done an incredible job of doing that in Florida. But we need people that are willing to think outside the box, think creatively, that understand how to use technology, understand how to appeal to young people. And we need to go on offense here in North Carolina. I completely agree. Um, so is there anything else that you you want voters to know about you before the primary, why they should vote for you in District 13? Well, I'll just say this. I'm a lifelong North Carolinian. You know, I am the conservative candidate in this race. I'm endorsed by President Donald J. Trump, and I'm going to fight for you every single day I'm in Washington. But I'm also not going to stay there for decades and, and reap, reap the reward of being there on your back. I mean, I'm going to go up there, fight, get things done. I'm going to come back home to North Carolina and hopefully serve in a different capacity. Great. Um, so where can uh, people find out more about Bo Hines? Yeah, so check us out on our website at bo4nc.com. That's bo, the number 4nc.com. Follow us on Instagram. It's Bo Hines NC. Uh, on Truth Social, it's Bo Hines. Um, so get over there if you can. I know there was a, a wait for a while, but I finally I got in. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So go follow us on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to fight for you here in North Carolina. We're going to make sure a real conservative is representing you in North Carolina's 13th district. I look forward to meeting you all out there. We're door knocking every day. So reach out if you want to volunteer and help us. Uh, we have a great team. We have a lot of fun out there on the campaign trail. All right. Great. Um, Bo, again, thank you very much for, for being on Carolina conservative today and good luck in the primary. Thank you so much, Matt. All right. If you made it this far into the show, I'm hoping you liked it. If that's the case, please do me a favor and like, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, be sure to find me on social media. My links are in the description. Thank you for listening. God bless you, and God bless America.